Thanks for tuning into the XL Legal Podcast, an interview-based podcast for lawyers devoted to practice excellence and wellness tips. I'm your host, Shelley Appleby-Ostroff, legal talent development consultant, writing coach, and former practicing lawyer, and I'm so happy you're here. Today, I'm thrilled to be speaking with Sheena McCaskill about retirement coaching for lawyers. Sheena is a professional coach, lawyer, and career strategist who specializes in career performance coaching for lawyers. Before launching her coaching practice, Sheena was a partner at McCarthy Tetro LLP and the firm's first director of professional resources. Welcome to the XL Legal Podcast, Sheena. Thank you, Shelley. Thank you so much for being here. It seems like more and more lawyers are working with retirement coaches these days. And I'm wondering if you could share with us some of the reasons that lawyers have reached out to you at this stage of their careers. Sure. I I think that lawyers, uh, retiring lawyers, come to me in one of two ways. Most of my retiring clients are referred to me by law firms who have retirement policies for their partners. And certainly most of the larger law firms are now managing their partners out at age 65. Sometimes there's a two-year grace period to age 67 if the partner has a a particularly active practice or has not devolved all of his or her clients. But usually by the time my clients come to me, they've been thinking and worrying about retirement for at least a few years. Okay. For individuals who come to me, it might be that they've been let go in their late 50s and wonder if they should be retiring or doing something else. And they typically come to coaching looking for a sense of purpose. You know, how do they want to spend their time working or doing something part-time. So that, that's typically how retiring lawyers present. Okay, and what are some of the main concerns that uh, both groups have about retirement? I think the first uh, concern and the primary concern is letting go of their lawyer identity. Work um, is such a huge part of our identity, our identity. And if you're a person who's been working at the same place for 40 years, which isn't uncommon for baby boomers, mm-hmm. uh, the shift to retirement is seismic. Um, senior lawyers typically, and I say typically, uh, measure success by their compensation, their place on the firm or organization's hierarchy, and their partner title, which is very important to them. And in retirement, there are no such uh, gauges, and it can be really difficult for some people to lose those guideposts. So I've had clients say to me, but how will I introduce myself at a cocktail party after retirement? What will I say if people ask me what I do? Mm -hmm. Um, One lawyer I worked with recently uh, had a brother who is a physician and coincidentally was retiring around the same time. And my client's comment to me was, he's so lucky because he can continue to introduce himself as a doctor, whereas I'm just a former partner. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. what are some so, of the what are some of the ways that you've worked with lawyers to help them let go of that identity, or I guess um, maybe transition into another one? Um, well, I, I think the 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 second big component when you're first talking to a, a retiring lawyer about uh, about retirement coaching is is you know figuring out how they're going to spend their time, and from there we can work with some of the identity issues. 
Um, so how to structure their lives is a pretty big, scary, huge adjustment. And um, apart from the pandemic disruption of 2020 and ongoing, <laughs> for several decades, these lawyers have been, you know, following the same routine. They get up in the morning, they go to work at the same place, typically every Monday to Friday, and generally knowing what they're going to be doing and who they're going to be interacting with. And suddenly that structure is gone and it can feel to them like leaping off a cliff into the dark void. So it's really important as the coach to help the client to visualize what will retirement look like? Is the lawyer gradually phasing out his or her practice? Is the retirement going to be cold turkey? What does the client plan to continue working on in some capacity elsewhere? What role does the client's family play in the decision? Uh, is a spouse still working or is a spouse at home and not particularly thrilled that the client will also be at home? So in navigating those uh, waters and those relationship waters, you know, sort of then starts you on the path of building different identity. Okay. Yeah. Um, and Sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. I want to say connected to that is the important piece of detaching from work. Um, you know, they these these senior lawyers have to let go of work responsibilities that have given them a sense of purpose and value. Uh, and for many senior lawyers who have become trusted advisors to their clients, the the thought of the phone not ringing anymore is very daunting. You know, they go from being very needed by their clients to suddenly being not needed or feeling irrelevant. Um, so that detaching from work is also an important uh, part of moving them forward. Right, right. And would you um, do exercises with the, the lawyer? Like how, how would you help someone um, sort of ex explore uh, possibilities outside of law if they've been doing that for 40 years for example and dealing with this detaching from work how how do you help lawyers with the, in those two areas because that seems to me pretty challenging yes well there there's sort of two strategies the first is um challenging or uh talking to the client about their belief windows so we all have something called a belief window and um, essentially, it's a storage place for all the principles that you believe in to be true. It's a way in which you view the world around you. And the statements on a senior lawyer's belief window often include things like unemployed people are lazy, uh, personal value comes from hard work, and if I'm busy, I'm important. So even some lawyers who have worked hard for decades will admit that while on one level, they know they deserve to retire, on another level, they feel lazy about not working. And the prospect of spending time golfing three times a week feels lazy. It's not part of their belief window. Mm -hmm. And if you consider also the statement, personal value comes from hard work, if I base my value on my job and that job disappears, my value as a person goes with it. And that's not gonna to lead to happiness and fulfillment. You know, lawyers love the, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm important. That's been drilled into us as lawyers, you know, working in private practice forever. 
but it's getting the client to understand it's not the busyness that's important. It's the feeling productive. And the coach has to explore with the client that difference and what really matters to them, what activities will make them feel productive and fulfilled. And then you can start to do some daily planning and setting goals. Right. And I'm just thinking of, again, the lawyer who's been in practice for 40 plus years, um, worked their way up through to senior partnership. And a lot of hobbies, interests, things that they did you know, pre-law, they may have just ignored um, or lost touch with. So kind of how, how, how can you help them find ways to feel productive and to discover what's important to them when they really haven't been thinking about that for very long? Yes, it, that's a great question. And that's something we call identity bridging. Uh, so, um, as you say, because they're so tied up in their work identity, uh, the coach has to help them remember the other important identities they have in their lives. You know, spouse, parent, friend, son, daughter, volunteer, caregiver, grandparent, uh, consultant, mentor. The list is endless. Right. And so, you know, enhancing another important aspect of their identity through greater engagement is key. So they might choose to travel with a spouse. They might choose to spend more time with their grandchildren or volunteering for a favorite cause. The key is whatever has real meaning to them because otherwise it's gonna feel like a chore. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. The other strategy is to activate a dormant activity. So that is something the client used to enjoy before the practice of law became all consuming. And um, one of my favorite examples is a client who loves music, but hadn't picked up his guitar in about 30 years. And post-retirement, he's now jamming in a band twice a week. And the, this he's loving it. This is just something he didn't make time for when he was practicing law. Um, another client uh, wanted to really help his daughter. She bought a new home. He signed up for a woodworking course. He's very handy and he intends to help her with minor renovations uh, after she moves in. So those are two examples of, you know, engaging and activating a dormant activity. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I I wonder, is it harder for those lawyers um, who have been let go by the firm, those who are sort of more surprised about this transition as opposed to those who know, okay, it's 65, maybe 67, I've, you know, I've, I've got to leave. Yeah, it's, uh, it can be a, a rude awakening for some, but, but as I say, my experience in this coaching is even though they may not want to admit it, uh, they have seen the retirement gate coming and most of them will, will confide that they've been worrying about it for, you know, at least two years leading up to the date. Typically, what they're doing, however, is spending a lot of that preparatory time getting their finances in order, which is very important and something that they need to do. But they oftentimes will ignore this aspect of it. How will I feel about retirement and how am I going to cope and how will I be? As a, as a former practicing lawyer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's the thought for me makes me, uh, yeah, that, that makes me nervous <laughs> thinking about that as well. Um, yeah, and one of the things that you mentioned was um, 
the importance of structure and how that sort of ties into how the lawyer decides or chooses to spend their time uh, after a life in law. What are some ways that um, you know someone might not I don't want to say impose because that sort of has a bit of a negative connotation, but create structure uh, for their day? Uh, yeah, great question. Um, so, uh, you know, people tend to approach that right off the bat in one of two ways. So some lawyers will schedule their days to the hilt because, you know, again, it's that belief window. If I'm busy, I'm important. So they fill their calendars with all, you know, recreation, volunteer obligations, travel, taking classes. And that's all great fun until the endless stream of events becomes too tiring to keep up and they burn out. Um, others tend to go with a, a flow approach. They wake up when they want, they do what they want, but that can lead to endless hours of of wasted time or mindless television watching. So the, the key and part of the coach's role is to help to create a routine and a schedule that will give the person purpose each day, but not so rigid uh, that they feel tired or burned out. Uh, and, and as I say, this can be hard for lawyers who are type A's and used to being executing, doing and being busy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, the key, the key is always, Shelley, that you have to tap into what engages the client, what where the client finds pleasure and what they want to do. Coaching is all about wants, not shoulds. Mm -hmm. and, and oftentimes they practice law along the shoulds for decades. So right. here it's kind of lifting that off their shoulders and saying, now this is your opportunity to do what you want to do, what will serve you. Right, right. As opposed to serving clients and, you know, so many other people. Exactly. And I imagine that's a big shift for a lot of lawyers. Is just it's just putting themselves yeah. in the center. It's a huge shift. It, to some will say to me, it just feels so self-indulgent and decadent to think that I get to choose now what I want to do. And if you can get them to that point, yeah, you're like almost home because then they will choose what they want to do and what gives them pleasure. And that's tremendously rewarding to see somebody do that. Really is. Oh, oh I can imagine. Oh, yeah. Just seeing that aha moment, the light bulb going off and that sort of sense of relief and unburdening. Like you've used that word before, too, just sort of feeling less burdened. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, but I can see how it would be a struggle for some and thank goodness for retirement coaches, because doing it on your own, I could just see getting very sidetracked and just either, as you say, over, uh, over scheduling or under scheduling and, and both of those creating their own sort of sense of dissatisfaction and, and unsettledness. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's important to also, um, to remind them that the process takes time. Uh, you know, research on professional retirees indicates that it can take up to two years for one to fully adjust to retirement life. And my advice to my clients is always to be patient and be good to themselves while they work through the process. It's, they're not going to get there overnight. And, um, it's a bit of an organic process. They're going to try a few things that work, don't work, don't feel good feel good and they'll get there, but it can take up to two years. Yeah. Wow. 
well, speaking about uh, research studies, I read a study that said, I'm trying to remember exactly, I think it was that the incidence of depression in retired uh, professionals is 40%, like 40% of retirees suffer from some type of uh, depression. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Have, have you seen that yourself in your practice? I, I haven't seen full out depression. I've read those studies as well. I think I've seen degrees of anxiety for sure. Um, and, and I had one client whose marriage broke down because uh, similarly, divorce and retirements become much more common than it was a couple of decades ago. Mm. Uh, and that obviously has, like mental health issues, a devastating toll, both financial, emotionally, everything else. So, um, yeah, you have to kind of check in with your client as to what's going on on the, on the home front, on the personal side. It's not that you want to turn yourself into a relationship therapist, because that's certainly not that. But you do have to check in to see who's in their support circle. And, and um, yeah, spouses and partners play a very significant role. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can imagine. And what about other uh, personal relationships? Now, once a lawyer is no longer associated with a firm, which probably is the source of a lot of their social relationships, um, I imagine that changes quite a bit in retirement. And what are some of the things that, um, that lawyers can do to ensure that they don't isolate themselves? Yeah, that's the great question. And it's a huge issue. So um, changing social circles uh, is, a, is a topic I always broach with retiring clients. Many of them will admit that they won't miss the work, but they will miss their friendships at work. Because law firms, any any environment like that, they're very social institutions. And it was their colleagues and their clients that they spent the most of their time with over the years. Many of them haven't even kept up with friends outside of work, especially if they, um, you know, didn't continue to engage in hobbies or activities. So right away, the prospect of retirement socially can feel very lonely. And, and uh, just to give you one example, uh, one client uh, really grappled with this and said that the prospect of losing his social circle at work was terrifying because he had not kept up with any external friendships. Um, hmm. And this is how he put it to me. He said, Sheena, I don't know who I would call to help me move a couch, wow. which I thought was a very lovely way of encapsulating how he felt like who could be his true blue friend he was going to call. So, you know, we embarked on this mission for him to, you know, build up his external friend network. He, he finally did identify a, a neighbor at his cottage who he thought might be a potential new friend, but not having had to make new friends in perhaps decades, it, he felt really ill-equipped doing so. So it took a lot of sort of coaching and, and conversations about how we might do that outreach and um, to take the fear away and to make it le less risky. And, and he eventually did have that neighbor over for a beer. So. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. 
so what are some of what are some of the ways that someone who has is out of practice and in terms of reaching out and um, sort of trying to connect with people, what are some of the ways that uh, the retiring lawyers might you know might explore? Well, if they if they have a target person that they want to reach out to. Um, you know, you work with the client to, to develop strategies. What would you feel comfortable doing? Could you see yourself inviting the person over for a beer? Would you like to, you know, include your family or your spouse in, in, a, in a little social gathering to get to know the person? What commonalities do you think you have with this person? Um, the, the other side of it is, is getting them involved in things that, again, they're dormant, uh, activities that they haven't done for a while or volunteering. Volunteering is known to be one of the most social activities that retirees can do. Um, and if they have a pension or a cause or they feel strongly about something, getting them to volunteer is just throwing them right into the swimming pool with lots of like-minded people. And, and it's an easy way to start and to introduce them to external friendships. Mm -hmm. So those and are just I'm, two examples. Yeah, and I imagine that, that would be really rewarding and then motivating. It's sort of like it's just like a springboard to doing other similar types of activities. It just sort of, I guess, reignites that uh, that side of um, the, the person's personality, giving them a confidence to say, hey, you know what, I, I still know how to do this. <laughs> and yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And, and again, it's that that reinforcement of the identity bridging, you aren't just a former partner at X firm, you are so much more than that. Right. Um, so that, you know, it's always kind of propelling them forward to enhance the other aspects of their identity, right. uh, which is key. Right. And then changing that elevator speech that they've practiced over and over again all yes. the years in practice. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm just thinking about, um, you know, being in the pandemic now and hearing that, you know, some people are considering retiring, which for them seemed years and years away. I'm just wondering if you're seeing that in lawyers as well. Have some lawyers accelerated their plans for retirement because of the pandemic? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a, that's a really good point. Um, you know, the pandemic forced us all to, to be much more tech savvy, work remotely, obviously. And for senior lawyers, um, that, that, that was a pretty steep hill to climb for some of them, and they were cut off from their assistance. Um, and it, yeah, I've, I've heard it expressed by several that I think it's going to accelerate my retirement date and I've had enough of this. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there, there were a lot of positives to the pandemic in terms of the way we work and choose to work. But I think that was, that was one that was challenging for, for senior lawyers. Yeah, yeah. And perhaps the fact that now a lot of lawyers who were kind of afraid of the, the technology, they've had to embrace it, and they've managed just fine. So it might kind of provide some new confidence as well, uh, that they could go out and who knows what, you know, do all sorts of different things. Yes, well, it, and in fact, I, I worked with a, a female uh, senior lawyer, um, uh, early on in the pandemic and, and she had just chosen to leave her job. She was unhappy 
Um, and when she first came to me, she said, you know, I, I'm 57, I, I need to get a new job. And I said, well, you know, that, that's going to be challenging, uh, given your age, but, you know, tell me what you're thinking. And, you know, it was what she'd always done. She wanted something nine to five where she was employed. Um, and that was her vision. So, you know, with the pandemic and, and starting to work remotely and, and engage with other, others remotely from home, you know, she shared I, that she'd always harbored a dream of being self-employed and being a consultant. She was, she's in the government sector and because she'd never done it, she didn't think she could do it. It was too scary. But after experiencing the pandemic, she thought, you know, what's the harm in trying this? And, and she reached out to her network, developed a business plan and is now consulting to several clients. You know, it's not a, it's not a full-time traditional job in the nine to five sense, but She's feeling much more in control of her career and she's feeling very fulfilled and, and, you know, very proud of herself too. So that, that's a really positive example to come out of the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. And also, you know, it sort of um, brings to mind the idea of easing into retirement, you know, yes. it doesn't, because I think lawyers, we all sort of tend to be more all or nothing thinkers. It's like, okay, either I'm working full time plus or not working at all. Um, right. Have, have you worked with lawyers and helping them kind of ease into retirement? Oh, absolutely. So, um, you know, they, lawyers are, lawyers underestimate how much they can do. They can use their legal training in so many ways. Um, and they, they tend to be linear, not all of them, but many of them tend to be very linear thinkers. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there are so many opportunities, uh, both volunteer and paid, for part-time service um, and hundreds of public agencies in Ontario that welcome the experience and expertise of lawyers. Um, I know one uh, in-house insurance litigator who's now working part-time for the Workers' Compensation Board. Mm. He, he knew nothing about the area of law, but his legal skills were easily transferable and recognized. And so now he's doing, you know, a few hearings a month, which supplements his pension and keeps him engaged so there's there's a myriad of things that lawyers can do for sure yeah yeah and I think that's key is we underestimate um you know our our skill set and how transferable they are all those skills can be used in so many different areas um yeah now just one question that comes to mind um is I know your clients come to you in very specific ways. And I'm just wondering though, if someone were, I mean, just someone, a lawyer in practice, whether it's private practice or government or in-house, is there a sort of optimal time that they should be thinking about retirement and how would they decide if a retirement coach would be, would be helpful? Yeah, that's good. another great question. Um, I think that a lot will be dictated by what's going on in their workplace in terms of policies and, and rules. So I do know that several of the firms are very progressive in terms of offering financial counseling to retiring, upcoming retiring lawyers, starting at around age 60 okay. or so. Um, so anything around, you know, if you're expected to retire at 65, even 67, that's when you want to start thinking about it and whether you've got a, a game plan in place um, and and whether there are things 
thoughts and worries keeping you up late at night that you're mm -hmm. you're kind of considering the as we call the dark jumping off the cliff into the dark void you know that might be an appropriate time just to talk to a coach if if for no other reason just to brainstorm and think about all the things that you might be able to do again it's sort of breaking through that linear thinking mm -hmm. Mm. yeah super helpful and um I just wonder if those days of uh, the lawyers dying at their desks are behind us. Uh, are there lawyers who just want to hang on and hang uh, on and not retire? Yeah, sadly so. You know, um, you know, I was thinking about this just today that it, it, there used to be in in the certainly in the big Toronto firms, they used to accommodate uh, retired partners and and these retired partners would come to the office every day, some of them with canes, and they would give them a room with a desk to sit at, and they would sit there. And, and uh, I think they all shared one assistant who would write notes or whatever for them. Um, but they weren't really doing any work, but it was a place for them to go. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I think that there was a kindness there, but it was also a little bit sad, I think. Mm -hmm. So uh, that sort of the, that was happening a few decades ago when I think now the firms are, are much more resolute about saying, um, we need to make room for the young lawyers coming up the track and uh, it's your time to go. <laughs> so, <laughs> but in a nicer way. <laughs> in a nicer way. And, and, you know, but your question does raise the important point of staying physically and mentally active and healthy um you know and the, I, we know that exercise uh lowers stress levels and and you know establishing a regular routine workout routine while you're still working certainly can can give you lots of benefits in retirement and set you up to be fit and enjoy your retirement years um mm -hmm. and you know also on the on the keeping mentally healthy I do talk to my clients a lot about how are you going to be engaged some of them you know follow the stock market some of them are playing bridge you know some of them learn games some of them do crafts or activities but it's keeping the brain sharp too because yeah you've worked hard you want to enjoy those retirement years and and be sharp and be aware Absolutely. And I know I've heard a lot of people say it should be in sort of reverse. We should, um, you know, we should have have time when our minds are still active and we're still capable to do the things that we want to do. Like, why are we waiting until we've worked 40, 50 years and we're exhausted and maybe physically not in the best shape or as good shape as we were back when we started our career. So why can't we start our careers just like doing what we want, being retired and then, you know, transitioning into work? <laughs> well, you've got you've got a lot of the younger generation agreeing with you there, Shelley. <laughs> <laughs> of, of practicing lawyers for sure and and hopefully they will uh, change that you know that model that's been you know you know living by the mighty billable hour and you know that's that's a seismic shift in the practice of law for sure but hopefully that's coming yeah 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 well excellent well wonderful wonderful tips and insights into sort of the coaching practice and particularly as it relates to retiring lawyers sheena i'm just wondering if there's anything that we didn't touch on that you think that would be helpful to pass on to listeners hmm. i think it, i think the last thing i would say um 
is, you know, it, it can be really important to have a conversation with your spouse, a real conversation about what retirement's going to look like. Uh, because for a retiring lawyer who's been in a more traditional marriage, just sort of feeling like he or she is impeding on the home domain of the other spouse uh, can in itself be daunting. So it's when you're hitting that age 60 and you're starting to think about financial planning for retirement, you need to be talking about how you're going to spend those retirement years with your partner. So I, I think that's a really important component that often gets overlooked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, it's, and, and actually, it seems kind of late to be talking about things, too, in terms of, um, you know, do you want to travel? Well, no. <laughs> do you? you know, those kinds of things. Like, I would hope that people would have those types of conversations uh, a little earlier. You'd be surprised. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, Well, Sheena, where can listeners learn more about you and all the wonderful things that you're doing? Well, they're they're always welcome to visit my website, uh, SheenaMcCaskill.com. And um, if anyone's interested in retirement coaching, I'm always happy to have a conversation. So please phone me or email me and uh, we'll go from there. Thank you. Well, terrific. Thank you so much. Uh, Really, really love hearing uh, from you. And it's very reassuring to know that there are so many coaches out there that specialize particularly in retirement um, for lawyers and not the financial aspects, the sort of more personal uh, aspects and the things that we we don't often think about until we're in that situation where it's like, ah, how am I going to spend my days? So, yeah. Really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us, Sheena. Thanks, Shelley. It's my pleasure. Thanks for joining me today on the XL Legal Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. I'm always looking for topic and guest ideas. So if you have any suggestions for future episodes, I'd love to hear from you at xllegal.com. That's E-X-E-L-L-E-G-A-L.com.